welcome to another episode of Chris Reed's book. Welcome to this week's episode of Chris Reed's book. I am your resident author, Chris Pullman, and I am once again reading from my second novel, Martian Reporter, Humanity's New Hope. I'm going to try and get through two chapters today, though I'm doing this after work this Friday, and I need to go and pick up uh, my daughter, so we will see where I am after one chapter. This first chapter is titled, Night Approaches. Jim awoke. The comm line would chirp in a few moments. Thank you, Meng, he grumbled as he roused himself. The voices of his other memories had been conspicuously quiet now for months. It was not a pleasant adjustment, going back to feeling like a singular organism. James, Meng... All of them had become integral parts of Jim in such a short time. He had grown accustomed to being a colony organism, to always having their counsel close at hand. And suddenly he had been cut off, even though their abilities remained. They are still part of you somewhere, Jim thought to himself. The thought made it no easier. The call would be from Nick. Chaos had abducted Rachel. Nick would be calling about setting up the strike team to retrieve her, as well as eliminate Chaos's cell of followers. But dark clouds gathered. Their inside man had been sending regular reports to the censors, though true to their name, not every report made it to Jim's hands. The clouds came from one such report. Jim did not know what was in the report. However, knowing that it dealt with Chaos, he could suspect. There was one sure way to wrench information from Rachel, a way that Chaos would have at his disposal. After all, trapped within him lived one of the progenitors. It was, in fact, a small miracle that Chaos had not remade the nanitic technology already. He clearly hadn't, or else he wouldn't need the Congress to divert funds. Though if he had used nanites on Rachel already, there was very little Jim could do. If Chaos had nanite-enhanced troops at his command again, a strike-and-extract mission could only meet with failure. Without the others, Jim had no idea how to use his nanites offensively, and while his abilities could certainly give him a leg up in a standard fight, they would not be enough of an advantage against even two nanitically-enhanced soldiers. In concert with the others, Jim had lifetimes of combat experience. Without them, however... Eric had armed him, but forgot to leave behind the instruction manual. Nick's troops, despite the training they had received, would stand no better chance against nanetics. As Jim had once pointed out to Eric, humanity had been at peace for the better part of 500 years. Collectively, they had forgotten how to wage war. But Chaos had been a general in charge of an army. Before that, an officer online. His troops, what few there were, would be well trained. With all of this passing through Jim's mind, he found his way to the sub-basement. 
its chorus of hums and clanks, whirs and chirps had come to be a comforting sound. It was also down here where Hank had helped him relocate the secure comlink they had found in the secret subcellar of L&H. There was still much to explore within and beyond that structure via the tunnels, but Jim needed the comlink close at hand. Oddly, despite the clutter of Eric's sub-basement lab, one bench had been completely clear and of a height as if meant for the comlink. That bench sat directly beside the one on which the nanites were housed. Eric's nanites. Despite what he had said to Jim during their interviews, he had been working to further the tech. He had not reached the level of Pekites yet, though some of his notes indicated that he believed he was close. He knew exactly what creating nanetically enhanced warriors had meant for humanity once, and held no illusions about what a yet more powerful form of the tech would mean. But his excitement always triumphed, trumped his caution. And so Jim sat, waiting for next call as his mind wandered over some of Eric's notes. Others' refusal to aid me hurts, though it is expected. This technology brought naught but devastation to Earth once. My pleas fell on deaf, ear, deaf ears when I promised this time would be different. The work progresses regardless, and little could those who stonewall me now realize that once they die, they shall help me anyway. The bugger's busy again, trying to wrest control of my body from me. Thankfully, Adam's plan is working. The others' minds are serving as sufficient screen to my actions. I have, as we once did at NAR, isolated an anetic sample from my own blood. I've begun the process of replication, one that should proceed significantly faster now with the equipment and technologies available to me today. <sighs> Went much faster this time. James's aha moment is still with me. Such a strange accomplishment, though. I successfully recreated nanite tech that once fueled our rise to power and yet I cannot fathom ever again using it. Why did I do this, though, if not to use it? What good is an unused weapon? Oh, the possibilities. James's nanites, a vast improvement on our alpha units from the project, were yet Neanderthals doomed to extinction. The world of possibilities opening before me now even makes the nanites in my own body seem obsolete. We cannot take the technology any smaller, true, not by one using the few dimensions we have been. But there's the keystone. By linking in functions pushed slightly beyond our normal press of reality, we could vastly improve functionality. Looking over my notes, I found deleted and redacted bits. Why? Who did it? No one else but me works here, lives here. I must figure this out before I continue my research. So pompous. So arrogant. What made me think I was totally in control? It was false hope. Fool's gold. Chaos, that snake has been putting up a false front, tricking me into thinking my traps were working. Well, he's been influencing my work. He has been the driving force behind the recreation of bondable nanites. He would use them to reignite this war, turning it from hot, from cold to hot again. I must not let him. Failing all else, I shall destroy my progress to keep it from him. How did this happen? 
I've manipulated the few remaining nanitics to form a nanite think tank consortium. We're presenting to the University Research Board tomorrow. This must be stopped. Chaos cannot be allowed to raise his army from the grave. Once more, how? I was powerless to stop him. He presented not only to the University Research Board, but also to the Congress. Where was I? Adam's plan should be working better than this. Eric, I just wanted to leave you a thank you note. You've given me everything I need to complete my plans and well ahead of schedule. Don't worry, friend. I will not forget this. He very nearly took over permanently. The whole time I thought he was taking only small bits and pieces, he was grabbing parts of the larger puzzle. I allowed him just enough time and control to find what he had built and sabotage it. But doing so has come at a heavy price. My mind was never meant to carry so many voices, but now I've damaged it. I am lost. I know that now. Slowly I will descend into chaos as he slowly rebuilds his grip, and this time I will be unable to stop him. I must pass along this burden to someone stronger, more capable. Thankfully Meng has shown me such a person. One last step I have taken as I wait for the progeny of Brewer to arrive is to have sealed up all our memories. The nanitics knowledge I have hidden away in my library as I once did the knowledge Adam gave me. With luck, one day the progeny will read this and understand what I have hidden away. For now the fate of the long plan rests in his hands. Jim had read that last passage dozens of times before, though it never made sense. Do you hear that? No, not the normal machinery. It's... it's different. No echo. You can't hear that skittering? It sounds like... Oh, oh God, I feel sick. Oh, hand me that basket. It's necessary. What do you, what do you mean unnecessary? <laughs> Pulse rapid, breathing irregular, and my head feels like it's going to explode. Two of you... How are there two of you? Kickstone, relaxing. Reflection of what? Fixer. Open this box. Open what book? Where? What's that glow coming from the library? If he's a reflection, how can he help me? You. You, answer me. How can you help me if you're a reflection? If you don't exist? <laughs> don't look so confused. You know exactly what's going on in here. We're in my mind. How can you be helping me around if you're just a reflection? Answer me. <laughs> you help me and then you just drop me? Can't scorch them. What? 
we can't go into this library. You can't go in the library. How do you nod without a neck? And you! I'll deal with you in a moment. Right after I deal with... I know that glow. The same one from when... From when I hid the knowledge Adam gave... The calm ring jolted Jim back to reality. He hit the connect button. James, good to see you. Do hope I'm not disturbing. Not at all, Nick. Good to see you again, Jim replied, despite his head feeling as though it had been through a blender. Are you sure? It looks like I caught you unawares, which is quite odd for you. Nope, nope. Quite fine, Jim said, waving off the notion. And anyway, we have a battle to plan, do we not? Can't get anything past you, can I, James? Nick asked. No, Nick. You certainly can't. Now, brass tax time, isn't it? If you prefer, James. Nick replied with a nod. They have taken Rachel for information, haven't they? They have, Nick said matter-of-factly, as if it wasn't his daughter they had. The pieces started to make sense. The reports Jim hadn't been getting. He knew what they were about. Then we have to go to her before she dies. Jim could see it on Nick's face. Jim found a back door to the others' voices. They may not speak to him now, but he could pull on everything they were. <laughs> Certainly they wouldn't do that, Nick said pensively. No. They won't kill her, but she could still die, Jim replied. They'll just infect her with altered nanites to wrest what they want from her mind. Thankfully, your agent inside will give her a way out before that happens. If we do not move quickly, Nick, she will die. He blocked Jim then, but he didn't need to. Jim could see it already. Your plan's falling apart, Nick. What are you going to do? The plan was capture and rescue. But your forces aren't ready yet, and aren't armed sufficiently to face pseudonanitics. The color drained from Nick's face. How could you know that? he asked, keeping his voice under control. Despite your best efforts at censorship, a power greater than you has provided me that information. Just a squad of properly trained and well-armed pseudonanitics is more than a match for an entire company of professional soldiers. Your troops aren't ready, Nick. They're still green and unblooded, untested, and not properly armed. You cannot send them in, Jim said, shaking his head. As much as the world opened to him as he learned to harness his abilities, Jim realized that was only the beginning. The world, time and space themselves, opened up to him. So what do you suggest, James? Nick asked. That I go in. Alone. Nick set his jaw, his nostrils flaring as he said, You are not prepared. Your reports from George are old now, Nick. Jim knew this feeling. He'd felt it before. The lights dimmed. I have what I need and am more capable than you know. But it was different somehow. 
The table next to him was humming. Frost formed on the table around his hands. I have everything I need to defeat them, Nick, and to save your daughter. He could see his reflection in the comm panel. His hair was white, his eyes a fire-red ruby, his skin flawless. And Nick, already deathly pale, turned a white Jim did not know could exist. He tried to talk, but couldn't. I will be with you soon, Jim said, closing the comm link. Jim could feel them, each and every one, so much more alive than what Eric had first given them to him. And at once Jim knew what Eric meant, why he waited, why Eric had picked him. Jim's body, his genes, were created for this. Generations of preparation culminated in him. The nanites and he were one in a way that none of the progenitors, not a one, could have fathomed. He was the Alpha. There had never been another like he. The chorus voice sang in his ears, a melody sweeter than any he had ever heard. Jim closed his eyes and let the universe in, and he could see everything. Everything that was, that is, and that would be. It was perfect. Opening his eyes, Jim looked at the table next to him. Soon, little brothers, it will be your time. He could feel their excitement. The others were right to withdraw, Jim said, as he took two of the prepared injections. The obelisk pulled at him. He rose and walked toward it. It faced him now, always. He could see it how it really was. Oh, Eric. Only five dimensions. He reached out and placed his hand on the obelisk, feeling it shimmer and shiver at his touch. It was the very pulse of the universe. You were lucky to have survived this, you old fool. It knew what Jim wanted, so it opened the door. As it did, Jim saw the process. So simple. Oh, Nick, he said as he caught as he stepped through the door. I have arrived. And I will actually stop there because Laura just got home and we're going to go and pick up Ryan. So, just the one chapter this week. That was Night Approaches. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this and you haven't listened to the back catalog of episodes, I would encourage you to do so. You can do that by going to your favorite podcast application and searching for Chris Reed's book. Out there will be my first novel, Mystery and Deceit from Earth to Mars. Uh, the first part of this novel, Martian Reporter, Humanity's New Hope. And in the middle of that will be uh, my 2016 NaNoWriMo book, Linda's Cal Exit. That one's just straight fiction, not science fiction. Otherwise, if you don't do the podcast thing and you want to catch up on my back catalog of episodes, go over to narclaninc.com slash book. Out there on that site, on that page, you will find the MP3s of all of my podcasts so far. You can download those to your favorite MP3 device 
or simply stream them from the website. Also on that page are links out to my author Twitter, my author Facebook. Please do connect with me there. Uh, let me know that you're out there. Send me a message. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this podcast enough to help support it, the best way you can do that is to share it with a friend, a family member, or a coworker, someone who you think would enjoy these stories. Because really, the whole point of these is to spread my work to build an audience. Because I want to become a professional writer, and I hope that this will help me do that. Thank you for tuning in week after week. Have yourself a good week. Keep being awesome.